Chapter Seven of the Ins and Outs of Paris or Paris by Day and Night by Julie de Marguerite. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The theatres and the press. The gas is lighted along the boulevards. It streams from all the cafes, but it lights only gilded and painted solitudes. The dominoes have ceased to rattle on the marble tables. The dame de comptoir, seated in state, leans back in her enthroned chair casts one glance at her pretty person in the surrounding mirrors then produces from some secret drawer the last new novel of paul de coq rigaud or paul feval and forgets her troubles in those of the heroines before her the waiters loll around the doors or flap the flies with their napkins or noisily express their private opinions of politics women the arts and affairs in general all the world is at the theatres the carriages flashing by convey the great and fashionable to the opera or the italien the peaceful fiacre takes the less pretentious and along the asphalt pavement arm and arm go the modest bourgeoise with her husband the workman in a clean blouse with his neat and merry wife whilst artists and editors saunter after with the easy elegant impudent air of a class having a comfortable conviction of its own merits fully conscious of its power and fully aware how to use it the grand opera the school of so many others where the worst part is the singing and the best the dancing where pageantry reigns supreme but in such perfection that instead of vulgar parades we have artistic pictures of bygone scenes and ages grouped as by a painter's art where the orchestra is made up of artists each a master of his art imbued with the spirit of harmony drilled by innumerable rehearsals and with no fault except that they forget there are singers in their wake and that voices can but shout and dare not sing if they would be heard above the din of a hundred musicians blowing scraping and drumming with all their hearts and souls still the orchestra of the grand opera is the finest in the world so is the singing only they don't go well together but the ballet that is the real thing here an assemblage of youth and grace conventional it is true but still grace for all that fresh elegant dresses smiles flowers white arms small feet and slim ankles eyes which know where to look to seek for applause and bouquets no wonder the side-boxes fill no wonder that moustaches of every hue quiver over the parapet that editors and writers of dramatic feuilleton are so much courted here is a whole phalanx of protégés dancing themselves into public favour fortune and distinction and a whole host of protectors applauding helping and admiring ah the press is a great power in france for there newspapers are a medium for other interests than mere local politics stock exchange reports and civic twaddle paris lives as much for the intellectual as for the material the very men who toil and chaffer all day read a theatrical critique or an artistic review with as much interest and unction as they do a money article true your parisian journalist pays a price for this sway he has through years and years educated the public and now the public can judge him he cannot write carelessly or faithlessly or ill he must be well informed witty sarcastic intelligent he must have a style he must have ideas he must choose not merely string his words and so like those houris who dance through the ballet a mere shade or gleam in a great picture 
one day to come forth stars like taglioni grisi grands and rosati the journalist serves a hard apprenticeship first he does the drudgery of paste and scissors then the reclame or puffs then he is set to producing canards or humbugs events invented names and all to fill some special mission of puffery the have we a bourbon among us question was one of the best puffs ever contrived in the united states where it must be confessed the press in this especial department is no whit behind that of paris then the apprentice journalist is set to writing leading articles for some lazy editor which are signed with the editor's name till finally a chance which is said to happen once in every man's life and in newspaper and literary life may happen every day brings him in propria personae before the public there is less envy and jealousy amongst the women of italy than in any other country because beauty is more general there than elsewhere it is perhaps because there is more talent among the french journalists that there is less envy and bitterness than in the press of other countries there is a struggle but with fair weapons intellect and talent and there is a thorough esprit de corps the rights of one are the rights of all the position of one is the position of all then they are a genial social body they have a society of their own joyous brilliant they strive not for official sinecures as a goal they aim not at conventionality or prudish gentility they love the luxury of refinement but they love not the forms of ceremony or the trammels of rule they are generous warm-hearted easy and elegant in manner squandering freely both their wit and their money devoted in their friendship and not over-scrupulous in their loves they let not one golden drop of enjoyment fall from the cup of life admitted into all circles the press and artistic world of paris form a circle outside of all others which is their own peculiar home and sphere the magnificent abodes of the queens of the drama are their trysting places here night after night month after month year after year the sparkle of wit and champagne has crowned the evening when all toil is done the critique of the play or opera written on some malachite or bowl table in the hostess's drawing-room within hearing of the gay laugh the punning and pungent repartee from the supper-room conveys to the morning paper some of the grace and sparkle whence it sprung the gamay from the printing-office knows the various haunts and startles with the magic words more copy one guest after another from his place in paris there is no starring system for favourites they begin in one theatre and there they make their fortune and position so that actors and actresses have permanent if not legitimate homes here as around some planet revolve all the other members of the artistic world the women are nearly all beautiful clever graceful witty and if not learned appreciative a parisienne knows everything by instinct and as for the men they include everything that is rich handsome noble renowned or intelligent from the highest station near the throne to the most insignificant and unknown penny a liner though the position of many of the guests particularly the ladies is not very orthodox and their morals will not bear much scrutiny there is no license notwithstanding the great liberty of conversation nor do these representatives of the arts offend good taste by any freedom of action excepting that the women are more beautiful and the men more witty there is scarcely any difference between a salon in bohème the nickname of the artistic world and a salon of the chaussee d'antin 
bohème is what confers great power on the press with such allies what a large circle can they not command all the frequenters of these artistic salons are allies not of managers speculators bankers or booksellers but of the journalists whom they see and know and who belong to the circle that meets there therefore it is that in france alone the royal we of the press has had its full royal acceptation in france it is as good nay often better as times have sometimes gone to be a journalist than a king but now at the grand opera all these joyous children of bohème are at their work the first tier has filled with all the rank and fashion of the higher spheres divided into private boxes holding four or six it is mauvais ton to have more than two ladies in one box as a display of grace and draperies would be impeded this portion of the audience have taken their seats in these boxes the toilettes are decidedly ball or even court costumes you will see many of these ladies rise before the last act and leave the house for the various embassies the faubourg saint germain or the tuileries above in the second tier are simpler dresses the boxes are filled to their capacities the attention to the performance is greater and the visitors are fewer below in orchestra and pit are none but men no woman is admitted to such very uncomfortable places as a perpetually changing pit affords in every country but there is an intermediate state a sort of purgatory between the paradise of the boxes and the pandemonium of the pit called the amphitheatre this is five or six rows raised at the back of the pit fenced in with gilded balustrades and containing comfortable armchairs a woman with any pretensions to fashion or distinction would rather never go to the opera in her life than sit here though the seats are quite as dear as anywhere else fashion has abandoned these places to the unknown the provincials les anglaises and the dowdy between the gilded columns which divide the house on either side are the boxes of the various ministers given away each day by the ministers themselves to some of the higher employés those four proscenium boxes so gorgeous with mirrors velvet and gilding represent the three powers of society the lower one to the left is the imperial box the one opposite belongs to the royalty of wealth represented by aguado marquis de las marismas once a retailer of spanish wines now a grandee of spain and a financier of rothschild proportions above is the royalty of politics typified by the ambassador of austria and opposite him the royalty of fashion represented by the various bearded faces and gloved hands of the members of the jockey club or loge des lions to this box are directed all the glances the pirouettes and even the roulade and the passionate appeals of the mimic scene with real meanings there at some decisive moment sits enthroned some dreaded feuilletonist courted by the protector of the dancer or singer now in action flattered fond on by the lion who ferocious and supercilious to all are gentle and genial to the almighty journalist the draught his pen can draw on fame is as valuable to the fair postulant o splendid lion as the draughts which yours can draw for her upon your banker it is not a clique or a claque or bouquets or a bonbon that can make a success it is a word of praise from théophile gautier carr or janet you will not persuade the public accustomed to these oracles to listen to the fiat of any other geoffrey the critic made talma 
and Janet made Rachel, caused her step by step, with inexorable judgment, to rise from a prodigy uncultivated and wild, to a genius refined, classical, passionate, and sublime. There are fifteen theatres in Paris. One would scarcely think, to look at the yawning parquette and solitary dress circles of most of our American theatres, that fifteen could nightly keep open in one city and perform too to crowded and enthusiastic audiences yet so it is each theatre has its peculiar style its special actors and its special audience of course there are always restless interlopers and wandering foreigners in each theatre but if you yourself become an habitué you will soon know at sight all the boxes have a bowing acquaintance with the pit and a confidential friendship with the stalls the stalls the resort of criticism and the hard-to-be-pleased old gentleman who in the presence of a modern prodigy is sure to remember some great bygone celebrity of his youth and to shake his head sadly as the applause thunders around him ah monsieur will he say with a faint smile how duchenois said that or how mademoiselle georges looked this part ah monsieur we shall never replace the actors of my youth the actors dread the stalls more than any other part of the house it is not the genius of their predecessors they cannot rival it is the feelings of youth hope and love which they cannot rouse in the hearts of those old grey-headed men before them with withered affections and bitter knowledge of the world the stalls of the théâtre francais in the rue richelieu listened unmoved to rachel for many months before they roused to enthusiasm her genius required no inspiration but her industry was urged to study by the deep damnation of their bas the audience of the théâtre francais is however at all times a very formidable one composed of the literati of the most refined and educated of the higher classes those who with every element of fashion beauty fame riches refinement and rank are too sensible to be fashionable and to frequent operas only another feature of this theatre is the number of young girls among the audience for you must know that in france young girls are rarely taken to the theatre passion of any kind however pure is not thought to be the fit thing for young minds and the double entendre and the intrigues of comedies and vaudevilles would pollute the ears and fire the imaginations of beings with whom ignorance and innocence are synonymous a very little observation will enable you to distinguish this one peculiarity of french life une demoiselle her condition varies little in all stations of life revolutions innovations reformations restorations or usurpations have never altered her condition for centuries although the convent walls are not as frequent the education without them is as strictly conventual as in those days when a girl stepped from the convent to the court learning at the altar in the morning for the first time the name of her husband under whose roof she slept that night look do you not see that box there are two ladies both young both graceful both pretty both exquisitely dressed but oh how different they are the one to the right has flowers in her bonnet her dress is in the most recent fashion open in front and amidst falls of beautiful lace the white throat is visible and the swelling bosom just perceptible the rich and waving lace sleeves the handsome bracelets the jewelled lorgnette the falling cashmere draperied so artistically 
the sparkling eye the laughing mouth and the gay and continued conversation with the men who filled the box all this reveals a woman in the happiest state of french existence that is the first few years of her married life now look at her sister the dress of sober coloured silk high to the throat the neatest of all collars in simple embroidery no lace anywhere not even on her handkerchief nothing but a simple scallop and her name embroidered by her own hand no chains no bracelets a plain velvet band with a silver buckle clasps her waist she wears no brooches no flowing shawl bernou or other coquettish invention with which fashion forms a background for her portraits her bonnet is of plain crape with a white pink or blue ribbon the only three colours allowed to girls white the colour of innocence pink the insignia of youth and never worn by any woman over thirty and blue the colour consecrated to the patroness of the young girls the virgin mary she has no flowers no lornette heavens she might discover that there were other men in creation besides her brother and her cher papa a fact she is now supposed to ignore her eyes are modestly cast down or immutably fixed upon the stage a ready blush and a demure oui monsieur or no monsieur is her limit of conversation such is the young lady une demoiselle in her state of probation come again in a month or two and probably she will be metamorphosed into an elegant woman of fashion a feat achieved as quickly as the change from the word mademoiselle to madame is effected in the magistrate's office and in the church oh a parisian woman une parisienne is a wonderful product of civilization balzac their historian says they know everything without ever learning anything and so you would think if you watched this shy silent demure young girl emerge into a jeune femme she becomes at once as if by magic gay elegant witty full of taste of amiability thoroughly acquainted with the literature of the day perfectly posted in the chronique scandaleuse knows who gave mademoiselle so-and-so her diamond necklace and who interests himself in the new danseuse she can tell you which horse will win the steeplechase at the croix de berny and who will be sent to the crimea in case anything should happen to general canrobert with all this she is a charming good-tempered wife making her home a bright emanation got up for her husband's special gratification in due time she is a devoted mother never forgetting to be a true and affectionate daughter to the home she has left and finally she becomes a cheerful sensible old woman neither envious nor querulous claiming respect not admiration loving that you should enjoy its pleasures content to be old honoured and loved in the many homes of her married children where with her simple dress her silver hair her gentle but faded face with its still bright eye and its ever-sweet smile she fills the place of honour but how far we have wandered come let us leave andromache and roxalane the classical on the stage and the orthodox in the boxes and come into the centre of fun frolic and fifi on along the boulevards to one of its theatres the variete never mind the stage though that is the abode of fun the origin of half the jokes one hears every day at the cafes and clubs and the purveyor-general of all the farces enacted in the english tongue on both sides of the atlantic now the public of this theatre is principally made up of actresses 
yes those young lovely clever warm-hearted careless utterly devoid of talent actresses who have appeared and disappeared in rapid succession on the minor stages of paris they rose from obscurity from the dark and dirty loge of the portiere in the small streets in the old portion of the cité they have known poverty toil and want they have learned at incredible expense of perseverance and industry the various accomplishments necessary to warrant them in offering themselves as candidates for publicity all has been difficulty and hard work even to the very language they are to speak on the stage so different from the slovenly incorrect ungrammatical but picturesque dialect they have heard and lisped from their infancy off the stage they speak it still on the stage they speak the words of the author never varying a vowel or adding a syllable for if they did they would assuredly be wrong these young ladies once en vue that is placed on the pedestal of the stage soon find appreciators and admirers they are not sentimental or cruel and their admirers do not sigh long in vain they are however often conscientious and faithful and in a few months we find them solving one of the most extraordinary arithmetical problems ever heard of in which it is proved that instead of one hundred francs a month making twelve hundred francs a year it often makes twelve fifteen and even twenty-five thousand a year a grave old parisian judge having got one of these renowned jeunes premières into the witness-box some time ago resolved to get all the financial information he could on the occasion so he began how much do you receive from the variété mademoiselle Ozy? such was and is the name of the culprit twelve hundred francs a year what do you pay for house-rent two thousand a year you have a carriage i have and three horses servants four diamonds i know for the court has just been discussing the bill for their resetting what is the value of the india shawl you have on three thousand francs your rooms are well furnished from the best fournisseur i have some valuable pictures too and you receive twelve hundred francs a year mademoiselle you should be minister of finance and not jeune premiere how do you manage mademoiselle Ozy looked through her long eyelids enveloped herself tightly in her cashmere so as to display the ins and outs of her exquisite form advanced a little foot with its high arched instep made a graceful curtsey to the judge and faltered in a clear thrilling voice monsieur le juge nothing can be easier j'ai un ami there is the secret the ami is a rich man varying in rank from the peer to the shopkeeper but oftener to be found in the rank of the financier of the chaussee d'antin he has somewhere in the vicinity of notre dame de lorette an establishment where he takes his ease puts his dusty boots unchidden on the velvet sofas orders dinner when he pleases invites his friends and smokes his cigar without apology or rebuff the variete is the favourite resort of the ami because there he runs no risk of meeting any of the society in which his mother wife or daughter moves men of his own class are there but they are bent on expeditions similar to his own so all safe ensconced in the back of the box the front is left for the full display of the elaborate toilettes and brilliant beauty of the ladies for two there generally are as they are fond of the society of their own sex 
and the pleasure of outdressing and outshining each other adds zest to the enjoyment and satisfaction of being pretty and fine here at length you will for the first time since you have been in paris see those toilettes displayed in the fashion plates and studiously copied to a shade three months after date by the bells of broadway chestnut street and washington street here as there neither flounce nor feather flower nor furbelow is spared how the skirts flow from the taper waist over inflated crinoline how deep the lace wherever lace can be how long the ribbons wherever ribbons can stream how expensive the silks how fanciful the forms how gorgeous the varied hues for these fair ladies too are invented those marvellous morning wrappers with beflounced underskirts gold cordeliere and queer polkas a parisienne knows them and eschews them as she would the people who alone delight in them but an american or an englishwoman will pounce upon them revel in their oddity and take them home with the conviction that she is a model for all those fortunate enough to come within the rustle of her skirt how merry are all these parties and how the pit loves to look at them to see the actresses in private life though at the same distance is so much more amusing than to see them on the stage how obsequious is the ouvreuse women perform the office of box-keepers in france how ready is the petit bon footstool an inestimable luxury unknown in american theatres which it is their province and their perquisite to offer to all the occupants of the boxes what fragrant bouquets adorn the cushioned balustrade of each box and how many bonbons are crunched between the pearly teeth of these children of pleasure however rich the amis these prudent though spoiled children never give up their situation on the stage it keeps them ever before the public it amuses them to invent dresses and costumes and being actresses they are not classed among the lorette which latter look at them quite with envy and respect then if by any chance their good looks or acting obtain applause it serves to fan the flame of their oftentimes careless admirer and if they should happen to have one spark of talent why they rise to celebrities and often change places with those who once protected them the freaks of fortune in the financial and artistic world are so extraordinary to the credit of these fair and frail beings be it spoken they are never ungrateful but give with kind and generous profusion to those who once were kind and generous to them End of chapter 7